Yeah, say something. <laughs> say something, get ready. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> Make it funny. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> this is the ACC Basketball uh, Degenerates Podcast. We're in February, boys, a month out from the tournaments. Where it's do or die, and Vegas Mike gets high. Not on anything <laughs> besides from what? life and the joy of college basketball, but... You know, actually, I did see they did legalize uh, recreational marijuana in Las Vegas. You know, I really wasn't alluding to that. I thought I that thought you, that's what you were alluding to. I thought you were completely because that would be a mess for me. I'll say that <laughs> the joy of college that basketball. Be a mess. <laughs> that would be a mess for me. Looking at this, it just it would just be bad. Well, we actually have a special guest on tonight's podcast, which is outstanding. So we're going to talk in a little bit after we get over our normal order of business with Greg Peterson, co-host of the March to Madness which uh, airs on Saturdays on the Vegas Stats and Information Network, and he's uh, tied to your main man, Taylor, right? That's right. Who's that, Brett Musburger? Musburger, baby. Ooh, musty. My guy's in the desert. Yeah. No, uh, V-SIN, I think is what they call it. Yeah, also known as Channel 204 on your serious listening devices. Yeah, which I which I've listened to on the long drive here as I'm thinking about turning around at every at every exit. I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'm not going to make it all the way to see these guys today. Well, it's like a metaphor for your life. <laughs> Taylor wanted to start in one section of the league in college basketball, but when I saw the outline come out, I immediately edited what was number one, which should be number one A, Virginia. Virginia, Virginia, Virginia. We need to seriously start considering 18 and 0. It's in play. Never heard of them. Ken Palm actually has it as a 25% possibility to run the table in the ACC. It's never been done before. Wow. It's incredible. Incredible to think about. Wow. It's in play. Utterly Three toughest insane. games remaining. You, it's, a good, I, it's a good thing a table is covering Guthrie's lap right now. I, or <laughs> it might get pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> he is, you got to be so excited, Guthrie. Yes. Excitement doesn't begin to describe well, you what's know what? happening we're, right now. <laughs> we're guns blazing this episode, so I'm going to fire off right now. Biggest challenge, biggest hurdle. Tomorrow at FSU, at Miami. Or at Louisville, penultimate game of the season. Or if you want to say Notre Dame with Bonzi and Matt back, but I mean, come on, stop it. That's it. No, it's in Charlottesville. Um, I'm going to go with at Florida State. I actually think they they've lost there uh, within the past couple of years. Yeah, uh, Florida State a few can, times is, is an Are you athletic familiar with team. Their coach? Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar okay. with Leonard. Um, I, I you know, Florida State had a had a bad game at Wake Forest uh, last week. I think they'll give UVA a good run. Um, I don't know that they'll cover or if they'll beat UVA, but I, I give them a 25% chance of winning down there. I think the toughest one is at Louisville. I agree. That I think they're going to be in desperation mode that time of year. Louisville will The team's yeah. lost three straight. Um, I, I, I think they're in, but if things keep going downhill, that could be a big game for them. Also, the the like kind of Patino fix that Bennett and UVA had, David Padgett, I think, Kind of seem to work it out a little bit. They played pretty well in Charlottesville, also. I'm, I'm hashtag Team Pageant. I like David. <laughs> they played. They played very well in Charlottesville, but then they played like absolute crap at home against Florida State, and they dropped a game against Syracuse. They just could not afford to lose. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, did you, you guys watch that game? Yes, yeah, we did. They, there, there's something seriously amiss with the offense in Louisville. Right. Like it. Someone I I, I remember reading. Uh, you know, in this post game thread on Reddit, someone said, Oh, David Padgett, you know, game plan, find out how to beat the zone. Next step, 
completely do something different because you know why you know, <laughs> because why, it's not working <laughs> yeah because it's except they they figured out how to beat the zone like spalding w- was playing out of his mind yeah he and was just really went, went completely away from that my favorite moment of the game was when dang adele tried to do what appeared to be maybe a reverse or a 360 on a breakaway oh, yeah. while down four or six and looked like he almost blew out his ACL yeah. and reverse layupped it and yeah. it was probably the most awkward moment I've they seen. Also Patrick immediately didn't pulled him. get a shot off down four in the final about 20 seconds of the game. Mm-hmm. Like where you know if you hit a three there, you at least have a shot to tie if Syracuse makes the free throws. <laughs> that was that was rough. So that leads me to the next point. I really don't want to deep dive into that game. Is that all right? Sure. So this week on Coaches, guys. <laughs> David Padgett, let's start with this. He's tall. Hands behind his back. Have you noticed this? Pacing, hands behind mm. the back. I yeah, like you it. have. Like he's are, in they, are they behind his back or oh, in his pockets? They are behind. I can't tell because he's like so tall. They're folded behind the back, like yeah. Naval Academy style. It's okay. respectful. I like it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he, he's slouched over a little bit, pacing furiously. I think he's Jack Skeleton. I think that's who he is. Mm. We always talked about this during uh, December. I mean, Wait, who's who is David Padgett? I, I was talking to Guthrie about this. Who does he look like on the sideline pacing back and forth like that? A little bit hunched over in this slender, not quite a tuxedo, but he's, you know, sort of. Right. I don't know. Call is Tim this, Burton. Is this the thing from Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas? Christmas. Yeah. Oh, man, everybody referencing this. Uh, I've never second, seen it. Second of he's, all. He looks a lot skinnier than, obviously, during his playing days. He, he needs does, to, bring back, he he does needs to wear knee braces skinny. that he used to wear back in the day. Over Just his. an observation. Second of all, the, the Bayheim post-game press conference, outstanding. <laughs> I've been at these in person, and I'm on the edge of my seat. And this time, he goes up, and he wasn't able to slam his team for the first time in a while. Which is, I think, one of his favorite activities. This <laughs> it's yeah. a shame they won. Yeah, it really <laughs> I mean, is. But uh, somehow Rick Petito got brought up, or David Padgett got brought up, and he brings up Rick Petito. Oh, you know, Rick goes to me. You know, I'm friends with Rick. We have a relationship. Blah blah blah. And he's like, it's just, you know, that's what happened. You know, it's can we shame. listen to a little bit of that? Audio? And then he says, you know, the other three guys are still coaching. By the way, just saying. Mm, just putting it out there. Yeah, I would play the audio, but I, I don't want to get sued by anybody. Mm, so okay, let's just. Uh, I believe that's quote. what the kids I, call so throwing the shade. Other three guys. Who's he talking about? Is he talking about Miller, Laranega, Pearl? Are those the three? Yes. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. That's who I think. Yes. That's who, I definitely think he's talking about Bruce the, Pearl. What about infield? Ooh, I don't know. It's a good question. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's talking about definitely Miller. Definitely Larenaga. Sure. Definitely Pearl. Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got it. We got it. We're in agreement. Problem solved. That was a great post game. Do you lie. think he doesn't have relationships with those other guys? Because all the coaches kind of know each other, right? Like he sees Larenaga all the time now. Yeah, too. they go to the annual coaches retreat. Yeah. They go. <laughs> That's a thing. No, they're they're sure. all kind of friendly. They're all connected. They hire the same people for their staff. They all have connections. You oh. know. Here's. Yeah. All right. Second topic. How many teams do you trust in this league? For me, not a lot. How many teams do you trust for NCAA tournament purposes, just so we can reel Mike back into the conversation because he doesn't really care about the the dwindling. (laughs) He is the Duke of this uh, this Well, how many teams are making the NCAA tournament? I guess that's the first question. Mm. I think it's going to be eight, maybe nine. Right? So I think I trust – Three teams. I like I like four, maybe five, depending on the matchup. I do like Florida State. Obviously, I talked about it earlier in the podcast. Do you trust them? 
Yeah, yeah, I trust him. Did you see the I Wake Forest game to lose in the yeah. second round? <laughs> this, I trust him. I trust him to make it. To I trust this, Virginia, to and I like halfway trust Duke. I trust Clemson. How about it. that? Yeah, that's that's fair. Mm. Kind okay. of. Clemson's going to win Clemson. the games they're supposed to. They take care of business. As we predicted, February sixth, Clemson in sole possession of second place in the ACC. Yeah, and then the, when there's the history, no look, one at, wants. <laughs> look at the history. We definitely called it. But when everything's going against them, like, oh, they're playing at Chapel Hill, you can trust them to lose. Right. Yeah, it's happened 59 times. Yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> it's predictable. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Taylor touched on NC State earlier. I mean, you have Clemson, you have Virginia, obviously. I, I, it doesn't sound like anyone trusts North Carolina anymore, right? Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> what happened to them? I mean, Luke, a lot of Luke May's a focal point of the offense. We've gone <laughs> yeah. over this so many times. Yeah, a lot I of mean, things. He's also playing defense. <laughs> I'll mention that. Yeah, they would love they would love to have Tony Bradley back, and I'd never thought Tony Bradley was that good. I thought so. Tony Bradley was <laughs> good. Whoa. I'm going to defend Tony Bradley right now. I, this Pink is always what it all. comes down to, defending Tony Bradley. I mean, Theo Pinson is killing it. <laughs> That's the problem. I just want to hear you talk about Theo Pinson. That's all what does killing it mean for Theo Pinson? Like getting into double figures? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's exactly He does all the things you don't see. Yeah, being the second best perimeter defender on his own team. Yeah, that's that's I mean, killing it. Well, at least your boy Cameron Johnson has come back to life after I just completely annihilated him yeah, last podcast. Yeah, he did. He had a nice 30-point game the Who other day. Who wants to have a good week this week in the ACC? I can go after somebody. What's, you guys uh, want me to yeah, let me tell you go after somebody I... and they'll start having uh, career <laughs> games? What What is the best-case scenario for UNC? How do they get back on track? Oh, man. Like, seriously. I mean, they, I mean they're they not going to get a double bye, I don't think. No, no, no. Their perimeter no, defense. Gonna... I mean, well, it's still in play. It's, I mean, it's, it's still a Balzania it, fest at the top four besides Virginia right. and Clemson. Absolutely, still in play. It really, I feel like it's it's the perimeter defense of North Carolina that needs to figure out how to stop people. Like the, the you know, the past the past few games, you know, the Pittsburgh game uh, excluding, they they just are unable to stop any sort of dribble penetration, and it just a total breakdown in defense happens right off the bat. I also worry that they have two national television games against Duke, and I think that's important to consider when you're looking at Duke. Yeah. Are they playing in the spotlight? Oh, everyone comes to play for Duke. Think about that for a minute. Because, mm. I mean, you look at UNC's numbers, and like their offense doesn't look that bad, but then it doesn't seem as dynamic as it's been in the past. And I just, I don't know, I don't feel it the way that, you they're, would with great they're not really forcing turnovers like they usually do and getting those like live ball turnovers, which is really That's where right. like North point. Carolina excels. They force no turnovers. Yeah, I mean they're like, yeah, no, I mean I mean I was trying to be generous. Right, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> well, Duke is playing North Carolina in a battle for uh third place, school pride. I don't know. When's the last time these two teams were one and two in the league? Has it been a decade? When was the last time they were one in two? Yeah. Ooh, man. Jeez. Oh, I would say probably, like I would say six years. I'm going with six nah, years. That's one that. No, really? Finished one and two? Or were like one and two when they were meeting. And it really was a battle for first place or Oh, you're trying to downplay the value of the tobacco road rivalry. Is that right? You're trying to take my childhood away from me? Is well, that what's the- happening? <laughs> Is that, are, you, are you trying to just... So, it's okay. You know what? What time is it? It's 9.09 here on Tuesday. The worldwide leader is going to give you that hype back in about... Uh, I can feel it. It's, it's going to happen at midnight with uh, SVP probably. I They're going to start plugging coming. the game. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. They're going to show It'll me my Vince me Carter and Antoine Jameson highlights with my Shane Battier highlights and 
Just get me back oh, to my happy place. Oh yeah, I saw I, mean, I saw a highlight earlier of Tyler, Tyler Hansborough just like mm. a mess of blood all over his face. Yeah, Probably that's back. the one. Did you guys Probably see the back. Ed Coda floaters? Wait, is that a new shoe? <laughs> Dude, I would rock if he if he put out an old man sandal. That I was love called, that I'm younger than all of you, and, and the, I remember the, this era better than anything. Yes. If he put out a sandal called the Ed Coda Floatus, I would buy a them sandal only so a sandal fast. A by, by Big Baller Brand. I would buy them. Here, I mean, both I these available. teams, Duke and UNC, are kind of like on the slide right now. They both look real bad recently. So it's a national televised game. It's Duke, North Carolina. I'm going with Duke. There's no way I'm not. I am too, but Duke is only one point favorites right now. What am care. I missing? They're just they just What's need to win. On? So they just need to win the Take game. Take Duke, easy money, right? I don't know. That's what I feel. Convince uh, me otherwise. So easy. I'm not ready. Are we picking right now? No, we're not. So no, just tell me about that getting... game. What am I missing in that game? <laughs> I don't know that they're surprisingly two bad teams. So the last time Duke won the league was what 2010 in the regular season. Duke can't guard. They can't guard. Carolina I mean, had you know, yeah, okay. That's the problem. They yeah. can't guard and in at least North Carolina can rebound. I mean, so they may not be great offensively, but they can rebound their misses. And Duke I, rebounds I think they're going to keep Duke off the Wendell glass. I think Carter is a great defensive rebounder, but I don't think he's going to be able to keep all North Carolina off. I like I like the Tar Heels. Do you think the Tar Heels can like keep Duke too. off the offensive glass? I don't think anybody can really do that. I mean, what is Grayson Allen going to like box out Theo Pinson? That's where they really get the offensive rebounds is like the guards. And the guards. Well, if they're playing zone, yeah, they're not going to be a yeah. good defensive rebounding team, but they're going to be good on the offensive glass. Oh, they're <laughs> number one in the country on the offensive glass. Duke I'm is. well aware of this. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, you guys are presenting the case that Carolina is going to win the glass, and I'm saying no. no. I don't know. Well, Duke is pretty terrible at defensive rebounding, according to Ken Palm. This is true. And I think a big part of it is the zone, as you attributed, as you you know mentioned. But doesn't but, it just level out then? Yeah. Take the know. over. Take, take the, the over. Take the over for sure. Every, every miss will be rebounded and put right back in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so no problem. No, oh, no miss. Also, buckets. I forgot to mention this. This week on coaches, uh, assistant coaches. So, new segment. This week on assistant coaches, Hubert Davis on Roy Williams's coaches show yesterday. Oh. Fantastic. Yeah, what do you say? Quote, I do believe we're in a great spot, and I do believe we can play with anyone in the country, and that we can beat anybody in the country. At the end of the day, we're going to be right there again. People are going to say, well, there's Carolina again. Wow. Seems optimistic. I'd say so. But, you know, hey. <laughs> we'll go ahead and yeah. disagree with Hubie here. Who am I to judge? Yeah, that, uh, right after, like, a stretch where they had, you know, Tech away, Carolina, uh, North Carolina State at home, and then Clemson away. And then Pittsburgh, they went one and three, and they have a they have a rough stretch coming up. Yeah, they do. They have a really rough stretch. That that's an audacious audacious statement. I I don't know. All right, what what else do we want to touch on, Taylor? Before we get to picks, or and before we get to our guests and the Let, picks, let's talk about the real second best team in the ACC after Virginia. Oh gosh, the North Carolina State Wolfpack, baby. <laughs> I mean, tell me I'm wrong, because I am Mike, on the hype Mike, train bro. for the Wolfpack right now. <laughs> yeah. I, Luke is so excited about this. I I'm so too. excited <laughs> to tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> I love it. I think they're trending upwards. Kevin Keats for president. I was <laughs> so skeptical. Uh, I know I questioned this like about uh, Markel Johnson coming back. Looked really good. The straw that stirs the drink. Oh Dare my God. I he's say? Been, he's oh. been fantastic. Looks so good. He's Omar, so... you're at seven. 
Guys, maybe I, living Euro basketball champion 2022. All, all I did was center? talk about Markel Johnson when he came back. He is the greatest passer in the ACC. You might be it's right. It's not close. It's he's, not he's close. Incredible. He's an Ed Coda Flota <laughs> best passer in here's, the ACC. Here's the thing I love about okay the NC State offense. Some work to do on the defensive end. But what I <laughs> like about the NC State offense is that it's not really one dimensional. Like they can beat you in a variety of ways. They got mm-hmm. some outside shooters. They got guys who are slashers. They're aggressive going to the basket. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, they look mm, a little lost, but I'd rather have them be a little lost and then Torin Doran like gums out of nowhere than I would like be a little lost and just like be hesitant. And they I mean, down low, I love like Do you know what, the, the, what they're working on. The real difference. Love a boo. Between love the, the Freeman State. bros. Mm-hmm. It's simple. They're playing hard this year. Okay. Yeah. Motivation. Huge. They're playing hard. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing for a coach that's a winner. Kevin Keats is a winner. If you guys, they love saying you guys that. didn't know that. Yeah. They love saying that. Yeah. I think you're talking about an NC State team that has been awesome in conference play. I mean, number two in offensive efficiency within the ACC, number 40 nationally. I mean, that tells you how bad they were out of conference. It took them a while to acclimate to the system. They've been great since they've been in conference. I'm I'm excited for them to make the tournament. They actually got a couple top 25 votes last week, too. You might see them creep on in there. If you, huh? yeah, my, my home slice LeBron low had them ranked. For, yeah, for your purposes, nice. you really need them to lose a couple of times so that they're still under the radar. They're like an 11 seed in the tournament. They play somebody. <laughs> it's unexpected. You get a bunch of points. Boom, you hammer it. Yeah. That's I mean, how it plays out. I'm excited that you think that they're the second best team. Oh, I'm, I'm all in on it. <laughs> Next week, it'll be a new team. But this week, it's NC State. <laughs> Taylor, uh, do I talk a little bit more? About NC State? We can just, just <laughs> fade you out like that. Just fade it. Yeah, now you're in the other room. You're gone. I like, the the, other room. I like that you addressed him just to fade him out. That The best part is that looking at Taylor's face, just watching all the excited blood drain out of his face and how upset he gets when he's muted. That is bit the best never part. gets old. I also tried once. to talk louder. You started screaming as, every time. as the volume went down. Uh, no, I still think it's Duke. Duke's still the second best team in the ACC. I'm sorry. They'll figure it out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you think so? Yep. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they'll finish second. It's probably the most. They, they have a great schedule down the stretch. They yeah. do. They yeah, have an ex- they still... They're, they're going to hit that ACC tournament, you know, full guns yeah. blazing. Yeah, I mean, like McCree on a you know specialty. They, let's not forget that they have a slip. They're slipping. That's how they're going to go in the NCAA. Or the NCAA when did you think about ACC? making that reference? When did you plan to make that reference? Uh, Overwatch League airs on ESPN. They, they, wrote, they wrote me in. Have you been watching some Overwatch League? <laughs> no, Jackie? I haven't. I haven't. But oh I my think God. it's a funny round. I would love to watch some Overwatch League with you sometime. <laughs> you know, you know. I guarantee, I, I guarantee uh, that is something you can put money on in Vegas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like oh, esports, yeah. esports betting is becoming like it's very becoming mainstream. Guthrie Asha just grabbed his mic and pulled it close to his face to make sure that he enunciated it. Like, really well. talk about like esports betting, I would love to do some, some well, let, Let's talk about something slightly less obscure to bet on, which could be, which could be the three-on-three um, NCAA tournament that's going to yeah, be held that's during why, the Final Four. That's Absolutely. why I'm against Duke in the tournament. I think everybody wants to get another three for three. Yeah. So they're going to just throw it. I mean, 100 grand's out on the table. What Do they yeah, care so about I, a, I, a Are Final our four? listeners it's, aware? Do you want to set the stage, Luke or Guthrie? Do you want to tell them what's going well, on with this? Well, the thing is, so it's it's only open to seniors who are no longer playing. And th- so this is the weekend of the Final Four. Duke has a senior. Okay. But he Duke also looks like a he has senior. a trust fund, though. So I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. he probably doesn't need the money. So it's a three-on-three tournament hosted during the weekend of the Final Four. Yeah, not by the NCAA. It's it's some other Like it's a marketing firm yeah, or something that's yeah. hosting it. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's paying for it. All right. Um, so it looks like uh, it's going to be 32 teams, each team representing one of the 32 Division One conferences. Oh. And so, uh, and I think there's going to be... There's four players per team, so you get like a sub, something like that. So it's okay. 128 total players. Okay. And um, it'll run three days starting Friday, March 30th, and will end Sunday, April 1st. And it is a half-court game. Uh, I think so. It, 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 it has yeah, to I think be. it is. It be, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I it, can't imagine, God, running full court with three-on-three three just sounds <laughs> awful. And... Twos count as one, and then three-pointers count as two points. And the best point that Guthrie reminded us of is that there is no checking. You cannot check the ball to say that the ball is in, in accordance with international rules. Yeah. Which, yeah. I think, which I think was really great. Because <laughs> I actually go with the double check. I, I actually yeah. usually need to catch check my ball. breath. Check yeah. ball. <laughs> no, no, check ball. I'm usually out of breath because Taylor and I will often play a one-on-one game in the half court, and it'll open with 7-2 to two, me, and then by the end it's like two, the game to 11, and I'll lose. Anyways. Um, I'd like to pause this podcast for one moment to mention maybe one of the biggest curveballs or – one of the funniest stories of the week was Mike Jaffe sending a group text to the entire group. This is his first appearance, I think, in 2018 in person. <laughs> but he sent a group text out how he wants to join a Charlottesville adult league basketball team. Yes, I do. And I do. You can't even get here for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to form a team. I do. Yeah. And I would like to, if we could record some, just the sound of our You sneakers. also have two children and you can't get out of the doghouse for Degenerate Day, <laughs> even though you have two months to plan ahead for it. But somehow you want to do a week-to-week rec league. Immaterial. Immaterial. <laughs> like, I played in adult you know, rec leagues before. I just like the inter- adult intramural, whatever you want to call it. I've actually been teed up as well in an adult intramural game. It happened um, not too long ago. Um, I'm not proud of it, but it happened. Um <laughs> Yeah, I would. Li- I would like to play with you all. We got four people here. Maybe I, I we join should, a three on three. We are taking suggestions for our fifth player. <laughs> yeah. Email some clips to or, us, or maybe yeah. we find a three on three league. Yeah. But or let's just go pit, play pickup at uh, at one of the UVA gyms. Oh. Like I, I, I'm I, retired I would from basketball. I will coach you guys though. Right. I actually draw some plays well, up. I, I stand by my assertion from an earlier podcast that I can guard all five positions. I'm here. <laughs> right. I'm ready. Yeah. Classic three and D. <laughs> Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's just so bad. All right, back um, to topic, guys. Yeah, so yeah let's three, plan our weekend so with everybody listening. This three-on-three tournament. Yeah, the three-on-three tournament. Who do you see representing the ACC? We'll just leave it at that, and then as they pick the teams, maybe maybe we'll come back and uh, pick those. Well, I, pick the those first up. name that came to mind was Gabe DeVoe for me. Bonzi Colson. Your ACC Player of the Week. Bonzi Colson. Bonzi, a healthy Bonzi Colson. Mm. Mm-hmm. Unstoppable. Like that. Yeah. I, I got Isaiah Wilkins. I, I think that I don't think UVA makes the final four and I think he's available. Yeah. Wow. I think so I Ouch. also think it's I think it's max one one player from each team. Okay. So for instance, you couldn't have like Devin Hall and Isaiah Wilkins representing okay. UVA. Okay. Um 
Yeah, I, I mean, Grayson Allen, you have to think, would would make the list. Uh, Joel Berry. We, we, mentioned, we threw out Joel Berry. He's a, Joel Berry's got to be on completely the team. Completely wild card. But He's yeah. got to be on the team. Yeah, I mean, there's it, no one else. But is he I too short to match up? You know, you get, you get somebody on him draped no, no, over. No, him. no, you put Joel Berry in a bright pink '80s tank top, slightly loose, open court, <laughs> not a lot of traffic. Cut, cut as though it's been you know bitten by a shark. You put him. You put like Grayson Allen in the Woody Harrelson, you know, upward flipped white men can't jump at. <laughs> and this is this is a team that can't be beat. You, you just can't who's beat. Who's defending him. on who's this the team? third? Who's the third player? Who's to defend? Yeah. Isaiah Wilkins is just throwing elbows in the middle. So he, uh, Isaiah's going to defend three people, and the other two guys are going to yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oh, well, that right. might work out. That's my team. I've got Gabe DeVoe my team in Bonzi. I like the Bonzi pick. I'll take Bonzi. Bonzi comes back Gabe from DeVoe, injury. Gabe DeVoe, Jaquan Newton. That's my team. <laughs> That's my team right there. You're the only one with that pick. I'll tell you that much. Tadrick Jackson from Georgia Tech. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is, is Mahmoud a senior yet? Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, I think he is. Ooh. Oh, Al Freeman from NC State. Yeah. I Colson, Al Freeman, you're taking Al Freeman on your team? Absolutely. Yeah, sw- okay. Absolutely. Swap, I love out, it. swap out Wilkins for my mood. That guy's sweet in the half court. All right, I'm done. All right, should we uh, bring in our guest? Let's do it right now. <laughs> Return some semblance of professionalism to this podcast. Yeah. It's time. Well, it's time for another guest. Our second of the season shows you how much we've dropped the ball this year. But uh, the second guest of the season after, of course, his honor, Dr. Kenneth Pomeroy, is Greg Peterson on the line, co-host of the March to Madness on Vegas Stats and Information Network, also known as VSIN. All right, so let's go ahead and welcome him in. Greg, thank you so much for your time this evening. The fact that I get to follow up Ken Pomeroy is quite an honor. Thank you, guys. Oh, yes, indeed. Only getting better. Greg, let me start you off with a heater right here. Tomorrow night, Virginia's at Florida State. Looks like they're going to be five-point favorites. Who you got in this game? you got to like Virginia. I mean, this, Amen. this covers night in and night out. I know that they had a little bit of a hiccup against Wake Forest, but even in that game, they were able to cover a nine-point spread on the road. So I really think that Virginia is going to be a team that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I could see them making the Final Four. you got to like their chances. I know that Florida State is a tough place to play. They played so well their last year. They've been doing a good job again this year, but I just think that this Virginia defense is so stifling that they're going to be able to cover once again. What's ironic is some of us in this room actually had the first half in the Wake Forest game. Ironically <laughs> not. Of course, it's the one game I'm, we had the first half. I am emptying the 401k, mortgaging, <laughs> remortgaging my house for this game tomorrow night. Well, luckily you lost about 10% of that value in the 401k just oh, in the yeah. past couple days. So I think you, you'll be losing a little less. Yeah, Virginia's been cover monsters this year. What are they, 18-4 and four against the spread or something? One of the best teams in the country. And so. you're the man who took Syracuse at the Dome. Hey, hey, Syracuse was one of the only teams to cover against Virginia, I that think, in the past two months. So what can I say? I'm a sucker for, for uh, Bayheim. So, Greg, let me ask you this. As someone who really is a professional at this compared to our you know, pretty piddling amateur status over here, what's your kind of approach, what's your process when you're taking in a game where maybe maybe you're super familiar with the teams, maybe you know, you're not as familiar? What's, what's your like checklist that you check off when you're trying to look at a matchup? What I take a look at is I take a look at, for one, the spot. I mean, sometimes I do power rankings on all 351 teams. So I've got every one of these. Uh, slotted and ranked by the same time. Sometimes there's a matchup that you really like because 
some teams are just so much better at home than others. I mean, we see it all the time with some of these home court advantages, like Duke, for example. And you have to value Duke's home court advantage much more than, say, Wake Forest. I mean, that's actually a really good example. You have to take a look at that. You have to take into account how that team has been playing recently. You also have to take into account injuries. Injuries is so huge because you can get such a better or worse number based on, like, a last-second injury report. I saw last week when Shake Milton of SMU went down with an injury, line drop right away, I was able to grab Tulsa. It was an easy cover. So you just take a look at a wide variety of different things. You have to also just go with your gut. I try to watch as many games as possible. I mean, I'm out here watching sometimes Robert Morris versus, like, NC Central and stuff like that just because I want to try to get as much intel as possible, see what strengths they have, see what weaknesses other teams have as well because – the matchup often dictates whether or not the team is going to cover or not. I mean, because you just can't always trust your power rankings. You have to just trust your eyes sometimes as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I feel like you know, I feel like college basketball in particular offers great value when it comes to sports betting. Not only because of the variety of teams, but also, um, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like almost the more obscure the game, uh, sometimes you can get a little more value there. Uh, do you find that's true when you're looking at lines, or do you find that you rely on maybe the Power Five conferences a little bit? One hundred and ten percent. Some of my biggest money makers this year aren't necessarily the ACC. They're not necessarily the Big 12. Their conference is like the added games in the Patriot League, the added games in the Northeast. Oh, let's conference. Yeah, so let's talk about Bucknell, baby. Man, they, they can't be stopped. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you just are able to take a look at some of these smaller conferences because the bookmakers don't have time to watch UW-Green Bay as in-depth as they can, say, Florida State or Virginia. And you just have to take advantage of the fact that the bookmakers have such a limited amount of time and the public is typically betting the Power Five and not so much these games out there in like the Summit League. Yeah, so let's talk about those bookmakers there for a second. I mean, I, I have this question that I've been kind of mulling around a little bit. Do you find that bookmakers are becoming overly reliant on their models and algorithms? Or are, do, you, do you think that they are actually watching games and are actually uh, you know, still using kind of the eye test to determine lines? I will say bookmakers over the past, I would say three or four years, have done a better job of not so much trusting the power rankings because it was so much easier to bang the book about three to four years ago than it is now. The yeah. bookmakers have really caught up to being able to watch these teams, being able to know, oh, hey, Taco falls out with an injury for Central Florida. The point totals are probably going to be going up without a seven-foot-six guy in there, things like that. So I feel like the bookmakers probably still do rely on their algorithms a little bit too much, but at the same time, they're doing a such a much more thorough job than they did three or four years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Uh, I don't know if you have much experience with other sports, but do you find that the public in general who bets college basketball is a little bit more intuitive? For example, I mean, we just saw the Super Bowl. I mean, New England four and a half was a ludicrous line for most, but I mean, plenty of your casual laissez-faire betters just would take that in an instant. Do you find that college basketball? wagers are more inclined to take underdogs, for example, or are more locked in, since it is a niche sport, let's face it. I would say that in regards to wagering, in regards to sports, I did the Super Contest in regards to the NFL, so I've got a little bit of experience with this. That's head honcho number one. But then you take a look at college basketball, I feel like there's a lot more, pe- there's a lot more people that bet it than I think the average public would think. 
And I do think that there are a lot of public betters out there because I'll be honest here, I'm a little bit of a chalk eater. I typically do fade some of these teams that are getting like seven points because what I always say is how often are you going to find a game that maybe lands on four? Like tonight I was watching the Nebraska versus Minnesota game and I'm just like, Nebraska seems like the better team here. How likely is it that this game is going to fall on four or less? I was saying not very much, so I took Nebraska money line. So it's just all about those little things. I feel like there's not as many magic numbers as you see in the NFL because in the NFL, the number seven and the number three is just so paramount in betting sure. uh, football yeah. because so many of those games get decided by about a touchdown. Whereas in college basketball, you could have a game that's 65-65 with 30 seconds left. That game might still get decided by seven or eight points based on free throws. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about how, like, you know, these smaller conference teams – the bookmakers don't have time to watch them. Do you feel that that disappears as we get closer to March? You know, I when we look at like betting games on the first weekend of the tournament, sometimes you have that classic like power five matchup with the team that nobody's really familiar with. Do you think that that edge kind of disappears in in that setting? I do think so because we get to see all these teams during conference tournament play. All these conference tournaments are now on TV. You can see at least two games from pretty much every conference champion because, I mean, when you take a look at a West Virginia versus Bucknell game from last year, I just don't don't see how in the regular season Bucknell versus West Virginia would have been a single-digit spread. Meanwhile, that's the case in the NCAA tournament, which was a very good adjustment because I believe that was a six-point game that was played. Bucknell was getting eight points. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that line was much, more, was much more tight than you'd see it in the regular season. I mean, if this would have been, say, say, November, December non-conference play, Bucknell is probably getting 13 to 14 points, and you're going to be getting a no-sweat winner. So I certainly do feel like it gets tighter as it gets to the uh, NCAA tournament, and it gets much, much tougher to be able to pick those games. You talked a little bit about your rankings, that you have your power rankings. Do you have any teams maybe that you think you value more than most other people and that like we should watch out for as we head into the latter half of the conference season and even into March, teams that you think are really good value or you value them more than others? Taking a look at the ACC, I think that Boston College is actually a pretty good value. You take a look at this team, they were grabbing seven tonight, which I thought was a little bit too high. And this is a Boston College team that, was able to knock off Duke earlier in the season. They hung within the number against Virginia. Heck, I think that was actually a one-point game. And yeah. this is a Boston yeah. College team that night in and night out always covers at home. I think feel like they're a very good value. You take a look at teams that are maybe fading. Duke is one that has really been going on this wolf lately. They were able to get a bunch of miracle covers earlier this year. I mean, who can forget the Duke versus Texas game at the BK-80? Follow that up with the Duke versus Florida game. And they were doing it time and time again. Indiana comes to mind. But it seems like the Magic has been lost a little bit more. As Duke has lost a couple games here coming down the stretch, I feel like Duke is a team that doesn't have quite as much value as before. And then if you're looking at mid-majors, just take a look at some of these teams that have been just complete bulldozers in conference. I know that Bucknell lost outright a couple nights ago, but anytime you can get a Patriot League with the Bison, they have been a very good cover in my opinion. Yeah, let's talk about... The time to strike. And I have two theories on this. I love the non-conference because, A, you get neutral floors. B, there's not that much action on non-conference basketball. Everyone else is locked into other sports, mainly NFL, college football. And that's one of my favorite times of the year. Secondly, 
I, I think the first week of conference play, we always underestimate home teams. I don't know if you've done any mapping of this, but have you found that in January, early January, I know we're past that now, that home teams generally do well? I mean, that's just a theory of mine from the eye test. I could be completely off. Oh, I completely agree with you. You always, I feel like one of the toughest things in sports to do is win on the road in college basketball. You're playing in hostile environments, and you're betting on 18 to 22 year olds that are playing with a bunch of screaming fans and raining down booze on them, unlike anything else. So I certainly feel like home court advantage is so huge in college basketball. And getting back to the other part of your question, I feel like a lot of neutral courts. Uh, actually is a big benefit because you can just bet the better team. Whereas with these home courts like you were talking about earlier, I mean, it's really hard to, it's really hard to be able to handicap how a team is going to be able to handle that, which is why I often like to try to back like more senior-laden teams because they've been in these spots before. Meanwhile, these freshmen, like, like say, a, a team like Kentucky, they haven't really experienced that as much, and we've seen them wilter sometimes in road spots where they should be winning. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, I hear that. And, and let's I, I would like to get to a couple of pet peeves of mine personally. And uh, there are two things here that I, I, yeah, I, har- I harp on a few, t- a few times a year here. I harp on a few things here. Um, I guess two things. So one, do you find that sometimes when you're looking at lines, are there lines that you look at and you say, those are too, that, that line is too good to be true. That, that Vegas is trying to trick me into betting on that game. Do you, do you ever see that? Do you ever get that feeling? All the time. Are you? What are they doing to us? What are they doing to us? I don't understand why they do that. It, it, it screws me. Tell me what why that is and how you deal with it. Oh, man. Sometimes I fall, uh, I fall prey to it because sometimes what it is good, too good to be true, it is. But at the same time, sometimes they just hand you a gift and it's like an easy 20-point win and that's one of the greatest <laughs> feelings ever. It I is. I go with yeah. my gut. I take a like. Let's take a look at uh, New Mexico versus Boise State tonight. Why in the world is Boise State, who's nine and one in conference, getting or nine and two in conference? I should say, getting one point on the road playing against a New Mexico team that's five hundred. Right, like, that right. makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I'm one of the suckers that wound up betting on Boise State because I'm betting on sheer talent. But at the same time, it's just one of those things where you sit there like. Why is the number like this? Especially with <laughs> Boise State winning the first matchup by 28 points. I mean, yeah. You just feel like, okay, I'm going to feel like such an idiot when I lose, but at the same time, I've got to go down with my guns. I've got to go down betting on the better team. Right, right. Yeah, I see. I feel like if I always just went with went with my guns, as you say, then I'd, I'd end up ahead. But I, I get suckered into thinking that every bet's a sucker, sucker's bet, and I end up betting against myself all the time, and it's it's just a true nightmare. Well, the other, the we other... have a mantra whenever that happens, and it goes well. We, we know when it goes poorly, it's like, oh, I'm a sucker. But when it goes well, Guthrie, what's our mantra? Should have allocated more. Should have allocated more. That's all we think of. The the other pet peeve I have are live lines. I mean, what's your what's your take on live lines? And do you think that the sports book is able to adjust on the fly, you know, that quickly that they're able to set the live lines accurately? Do they do they actually understand the ebb and flow of the game well enough? You think that live lines hold any value? I think live lines do hold a bit of value. I mean, what I like to do is sometimes Let's say you're on Missouri, they're playing NC State or something like that. Missouri's maybe a two-point underdog. They get down 8-2. to two. That line is just like five and a half, six. 
I will just fire on Missouri because I'm just here like, I'm essentially getting four more points right. they've already played four minutes in this game because there's so much time to be able to adjust. I always like to try to get in a little bit earlier just to get that little bit of an edge. It typically works out well for me. And at the same time, I also take a look at second-half lines as well because mm-hmm. sometimes you know, take a look at a game like this team is down 22 points. They were the favorite coming in. you got to think that they're going to make a little bit of a run. So it's one of those you take it case by case because sometimes as well, I feel like bookmakers don't take into account enough the fact that sometimes there's an injury that goes on in the game. If you see an injury happen in a game, I would say try to hammer that line because bookmakers oftentimes do not do the best of jobs being able to adjust the injuries on the fly. All right, I got one. I got one more question here for you before. Of course you do. Uh, yeah, I, I got to get one more friend, in. Mike. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, friend. I'm going to get one more in, and then I know uh, you know Taylor's going to hammer you with some more line questions. But uh, and then we'll let you get out of here. I know you got a got a bunch to do. I'm sure. But um, so you know, I feel like sports gambling is about to have its moment in the sun. You know, I think that you know the NBA is actively talking about legalizing gambling nationwide. I feel like uh, you know. Lines are openly being picked and posted on ESPN. I mean, it's a whole different world than it was, say, five, even definitely ten years ago. I mean, so with with that moment in the sun comes, you know, the reality show. So there's going to be a reality show, and it's going to be about sharps, and it's going to be about gambling. So in your mind, all right, outside of Musburger, all right, so Musburger is on the reality show. Better X is on the reality show. Is there anyone else? He's, that, Greg's on the reality <laughs> Greg's show. Greg's on the reality show. Who else that's like a part of that kind of Vegas culture? Can you can you name drop for me? Or at least just one person that you would love to see on a show like that that's just monitoring sharps, kind of rolling around Vegas, being a being great guys. How about Stanford Steven Scott Van Pelt? How oh, good of a that, reality show would that be? That's a good I one. I love watching Bad Beats every single week. Those guys are fantastic. I would love to see what their actual bets are. Uh, yeah, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Yeah, and then when, once the uh, the inevitable return of Mr. Billy Walters happens and his main man, Mike, shout out to Mike. <laughs> listen to the podcast sometimes. That, that would be fantastic as well. But, you know, that, right. that's quite the operation. This is where Taylor yeah. now bets Greg, his me, 401k I, on me, what you uh, say. So I'll I'm let him cracking take my it. knuckles here in preparation. Can I run down quick few games upcoming this week? Have you make some quick picks with us here? Uh, All on, right. On Wednesday, Duke projected to be a one-point favorite at North Carolina. Tobacco Road rivalry. What do you think? That is a tough one. I like North Carolina at home, but my goodness gracious, North Carolina's been on a little bit of skid themselves. I will take North Carolina. Very, very dejected that I'm taking North Carolina. <laughs> both these teams at this point, but give me the Tar Heels. Hey, All right. Did, did Wendell Carter just get injured or something? <laughs> Did that? Oh, it might have happened. We got to check our our iPhones real quick. (laughs) Bouncing around. Here we go. Purdue at Michigan State. Michigan State, uh, two-point favorites maybe could change. But right now, maybe two-point favorites uh, this Saturday. I would go with Purdue. They're in the top seven in both offensive and defensive efficiency in the nation. One of the best three-point shooting teams in the nation. Multiple seven-footers down low, including Isaac Haas. I really like this Boilermakers team. Okay, coming back to uh, the ACC NC State, my favorite team of the moment, at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, five-point favorites. Ooh, Virginia Tech getting five. That seems like a little bit too much. I'm not sure if NC State wins the game, but I think that they can hang within the five. 
Love Absolutely. We'll See, this is the one where they trick us. I like that picture. Uh, <laughs> and last one, last one, another ACC matchup, just because you mentioned them. Miami at Boston College. Miami are three-point favorites this Saturday. I would go with Boston College. I mean, I think Boston College has lost one game by more than three points this year at home. And you take a look at Miami, they've been dealing with some injury issues as well. Mm. I think this this would be a very good spot for the Eagles. I love that pick because it, or it could be the stay my away first of the year. impulse that's is what, to go with Miami. Impulse. Wow. All right. Love it. Great. That was great stuff, man. We appreciate having Greg you. Peterson, Greg Peterson, thank you so much amazing. for his time. Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, what you do and how folks can find you on Twitter. March to Madness is the outlet. Yeah, March to Madness airs every Saturday. We've been doing a little bit of moving and adjusting with the time, but it should be on at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern this Saturday. So be on the lookout for that. It is myself and a couple other gentlemen just talking about the week that was and the week that will be in college basketball. It replays all throughout the night on Saturday as well. So if you can't catch it on SiriusXM204 or vcin.com, you can just take a look for the replay. It'll be there. You can follow me on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81. I put out college basketball plays every single day. I also tell you about the radio hits and the things like that that I'm doing as well. So I try to be as interactive as I can with my followers. And you can follow the station on Twitter as well, at BSINY. Wait, I can't let this go. Did you say your Twitter Twitter handle includes G-Unit? Yes, it does. Oh, my man. I love that. We were just talking about 50 Cent's uh, inclination for Bitcoins earlier uh, last week. So that's good to see in your Twitter handle. I believe in you now. Yes, I did not invest in Bitcoin yet, but you know what? With this precipitous drop, Maybe it's time to get in on the <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> Lauren, you're right in. Take yeah. the underdog. All right, Craig. So long. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Well, that was fun. That was energetic. Yeah. you say? I like that guy, man. He's all energy. You that know, was perfect. You, you can tell he records. You know, he's just got that got that mojo. Just finger guns and fire. I can I can see myself sure. just gambling away my life savings at the South Point with him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, I assume that he would help me make the correct picks. Maybe but, Guthrie know. and I can invite him to next year's Degenerate Day to replace oh, one yes. of y'all. To replace one of dead weights. Statues. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. probably worth Ooh, more than maybe, I Maybe, yeah. I think the energy yeah. would be higher. All right, gentlemen, let's go ahead and take a look at our, our final topic before we pick games. Um, briefly, teams you still believe in in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Let's go. Ooh. All right. So, and then, of course, teams are shorting, which is my favorite topic. Yeah. So there's one team I still believe in that's projected to lose every single game here on out. <laughs> which is the contrarian take. I love it. Which is the Georgia Tech Wildcat. Wildcats. The Wildcats. Yeah. Oh, the Georgia Tech. Yeah, the Wild Jackets. <laughs> we'll just call them that. Um, no, the Yellow Jackets. So they they went to Boston College, and it's a tough place to play. They lost in overtime. I, I tell you, I still like this team. I still think they have a lot of covers left in them. I'm going to ride this train. I, I still have a glimmer of hope that they finish at 500 for the ACC. Um, I'm riding the Yellow Jackets. So, quickly about about Georgia Tech. Um, what do you think? What do you think has changed? Like, why why the struggles this season? I mean, really, they returned a lot yeah. from last year, and last year was a surprising year for. Uh, for Josh, Josh Washington. Yeah. Well, they I still mean, finished 11th they're, they're in the league, worse, right? They're much worse yeah. defensively. Yeah, their this defense year. is so much um, worse. And, you know, they're much worse defensively, and they're a team that was built around that last year. And I, I actually think Ben Lambers has taken a step back this year. Mm. Um, I don't think he's he's as good as he was last year. I, I think that Alvarado has been a great addition. Um, you know, but Lammers, I, 
I don't know. He he hasn't really stepped into the role this year, and I think that's really hurt him. Obviously, with uh, Okoji being out early in the year, I think that hurt them as well. But um, in ACC play, defensively, they're they're not where they where they were last year. So I mean, they lost Quentin Stevens, everything. which maybe you yeah, know, that, they, they lost big... they lost their ability to stretch the floor. They don't really have any three point shooters whatsoever. Um, clogging sort of the how lane. it was last year, last couple yeah. of years for them. Right. I mean, last year their offense was atrocious still, but the defense was so good that like any offense they got, they could pretty much take care of some stuff. And now I just think mm-hmm. this... I don't think y'all have gone against Georgia Tech a single time this year, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably you're probably right. But I just... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what's... I'm still hoping for that defense to come back, I guess. Yeah. All right, it's my turn. I still believe, and I said it from day one of this year, and there have it's been a desert, but I still believe in Syracuse. And I'll tell you why. If you have the best player on the floor against the bottom half of the ACC, I still think that means something. And I do believe Tyus Battle is one of the best players in the league. If you're thinking from a pure usage standpoint, making a shot in crunch time, I'll take him over any of the other bottom feeders or the, or the bottom half of the conference. I'll even, I might even take him over Joel Berry at this point. Just oh, give wow. him what JB Strong words. Joel, me. put your hands over your ears. Don't listen to this nonsense. Have you watched basketball this year? <laughs> like creating your own shot. He's struggled so much to create his own shot. I I kind of agree with you also just because of something we talked before, the Syracuse zone is back better than it was. Still have the zone, and they still have Chukwu on the glass, and if Chukwu can somehow learn to make a putback in the next two weeks, <laughs> let's look at that who that team has the rest of the way, okay? Brissette is going to be great. Taylor, do you want to pull it up for us? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So they, so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. They're at it. home. Against Wake Forest. Yeah, that's a win, I think. At home against NC State. I think that's a win. Travel to Miami. Loss. Home with North Carolina. Good game. Away at Duke. Loss. Away at Boston College. Win. Ooh. And home at Clemson. Home with hosting Clemson. Uh, probably probably a loss, right? Maybe, yeah. Well, it's the last game of the season. I feel like Syracuse, the same way that you talked about Clemson earlier, which is like the teams in the bottom half that they are supposed to beat, they will usually beat... And they will not beat the teams that I just took out Louisville. I don't maybe Louisville. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I guess that's different. Who knows where Louisville is on the spectrum? Uh, that's a good win on the road, though. Is that that's a good team? Sign. Is that a team anyone believes in? Does anyone still believe in Louisville? I did at one point, and I don't think I do anymore. Oh, who do you still believe in? So my pick, uh, man, I I kind of want to take NC State, but I know Taylor just went on a nice little. Uh, we all believe. Yeah. We're all believers here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna reach reach deep into the annals of ACC basketball degenerates from like five weeks ago when there's I picked Virginia Tech. There's something about seeing you cup your hand like that, talking about the annals of yeah. something and yeah. going deep. You know, Virginia I'm getting T- older. A colonoscopy is not too far in my future. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said this last week. I, I'm kind of a little bit back in on them. I mean, I know the Miami game is a blip, but I, yeah, I think that's a so. Wait, who's your fine team? selection? Virginia Tech. I Virginia still think Tech. I, I still think Virginia Tech can finish top four in the ACC. Wow, it's possible. Like it they is. have a relatively doable stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, if you you know once they once they get through the Virginia Duke game. It's it's not going to be easy, but you know the as we talked about before, after Virginia Clemson, it, I, I mean even even Clemson has like a rough stretch coming up. Like mm-hmm. I, I, top four is pretty up in the air at this point. If Virginia Tech can string some wins together, 
you know, anything's possible. They still have Duke twice in Virginia again. That's a problem. Yeah. And at Miami to close the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything is possible, Luke. And at Georgia Tech, which you guys seem to think is a shoe in for the Yellow Jackets. Oh, well. I like how they're playing. And Clemson. They also have Clemson. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. They definitely had a uh, front easy schedule. Yellow, Taylor, you've already done NC State. Yeah, I, do I love NC State. Oh, uh, we're not doing I love I'll it. say I love everyone. I'll say you Boston College. Team. You're still in on every team, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm still in on everybody. Okay. Except for Pitt, um, who I don't think we've talked about at all this year, probably. Sorry, Pitt I, fans. I talked about them a There's little bit. There's anybody still listening out there. <laughs> oh, Mike's watched a lot of Pitt games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm in on Boston College from a gambling perspective. Greg just brought up a stat that I loved. Boston College at home this season hasn't lost by more than three. And I hope that's right because yeah, that's amazing. Close, I didn't even yeah. realize that. No, they lost to Tech by more than that. Okay. They lost to Tech by five. Okay. Well, regardless, it's still yeah, that's yeah, so I mean, great. It's close. it's close. I love it. I still think they still have a couple of the most dynamic scores. So I, I love taking them with points, which they're going to get in a lot of their games. It's time to pick games, and I just want to let you know that the Islander was in the sun last time we recorded a podcast. All right. What does that mean? Well, I think it means that Luke picked. I took VT it's, over BC. It's Island a reference pick. to Moana, oh. the classic Virginia pick. over Syracuse Island pick. Oh, and I also took Clemson over North Carolina Island pick. Oh, so who's going to be this week's Islander? Got Let's three, probably go. one, two, three. Let's roll. All right, all right. Virginia at Florida State tomorrow night. UVA five point favorites. I'll take Florida State. Virginia. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> taking UVA. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to also take Florida State. Ah, no Islander. Virginia. You thought you were going to get I it. I really did. Not, I not thought to, I was going to be talking to Wilson. Oh, well. <laughs> it's, I'm on UVA. Very clever. Yeah. Explain Florida State. Go Vir- through you. Virginia has struggled in road games in the state of Florida. Uh, <laughs> when was the last time they won at Florida State? It's been a few years. Well, okay. They've only pl- The last time they won was... 13-14. However, they've only played them once since then, which was in 15-16. Mm, they've lost twice since they last won, I'm, I'm pretty no, sure. No, they've lost once since they last uh, won. All right, let me. right, I'm going to have to look this up, but let's let's continue we'll with continue. Other, right. other things. Okay. You go ahead and look uh, that up. The big game, Duke at UNC. Duke one-point favorites. Duke. Hammer Duke. Yeah, you like Duke. Forget here. about this UNC team. I'm with Taylor. Duke, give me... They're better, and they're gonna. It's, it's a, a shambles down TV in Chapel game. Hill. People Joel, are gonna be watching this game. What do you think those freshmen are gonna do? They're gonna lock in on defense. They're gonna try. Yeah, I'll take Duke. <laughs> no way, no way. Duke can't guard anyone. They can't guard anyone, and they will not guard Joel Berry. They won't even guard. They won't Theo guard Luke Pinson. May. They won't even guard Theo Pinson. Well, that's Luke a great May, strategy. I think it's been right? incredible this year. Luke May will actually score a lot of points when he's not guarded. I, I really, yeah. I just, it's yeah, a, it's a matchup where I think Luke May should shine i really do i think that he i think he'll play well um if he plays well that offense plays well i'm all in on unc this you're week. the man who took syracuse over virginia when it was like a five point spread i did that was a bad decision right. go three. three uh god this is a this is a terrible game to pick uh is it is yeah it? Uh, this this to Taylor, me this, this guy's t- crazy to me, this game seems too easy, but you know that's what they built those it, palaces okay. in the desert. The fact, the fact that you think it's so easy to pick Duke when this team just lost to St. John's oh, tells me all I need to you know. You know I'm high on St. John's. 
You know what I think yeah, St. John's is great. Athletic, long, a lot of slashers. I, I mean, I would take I would take North Carolina <laughs> simply because they're at home. Like I I have I have no other reason. Like mm-hmm. I don't believe I don't I don't buy anything about Duke right now. The over under is, is one fifty eight. Oh, take the over. So oh, sure. yeah, juicy team, over under. Even misses aren't misses in this game. <laughs> yeah, it's, true. it's so high, but misses aren't misses. All right, wow. what's next? Uh, the next game up. NC State at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, five-point favorites. At home? Yeah. At Castle Coliseum. Give me the Hokies. Oof. NC State. Yeah, I'm with you, Let's unfortunately. Go. Yeah. Go Wolfpack. Like Your seven is going to score like, I also like 25 points. Who's going to guard him? So oh, this is another the island. The VT Island happens oh. again. The, the island moment. Glad to be on it. I All like right. I like the Wolfpack to cover and Tech to win. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, okay. Because right. Tech's got to get you know top four. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Miami three point favorites at Boston College on Saturday. So Greg liked uh, game. Stay Greg away. liked Boston College. Stay he liked away. Boston College. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's tough. It seems like. Yeah, seems Miami like just points. emerging, like as though they're coming into the world, coming back into the top twenty-five. You know, I, everybody's going to be taking Miami here. I would think. And I'm taking Boston College. I'm following him. I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with Miami. Oh, yeah. Okay. Even without Bryce Brown. I'm taking Boston College. Or Bruce Brown. I'll take Miami. Bruce Brown. Give me the Eagles, man. <laughs> Eagles. I like Boston College. Yeah. I like, you know, I like Boston College I, I can understand why. Guthrie, have you finished searching for the uh, the Virginia-Florida State Oh, no. Statistic? You're right. Okay. You're right. Syracuse hosts Wake Forest. Forest, they are eight-point favorites. Syracuse is. Dude, uh, let's say the over/under on how much you would have to pay me to watch this game. <laughs> it probably, right now, it's probably thirty-seven dollars, slightly less than a dollar a minute of action. Oh, it's, so bad. <laughs> it's such a bad game. I, I think the wake wake for staffs or something not to be trifled with. Wake for staff. I love it. Uh, can I make that my pick, or do um, I have to do the game? Yeah, pick, you can make that your pick, but give us a game one too. What's the what do you, what do you project? Eight points, Syracuse eight, eight point favorites. Uh, that's too many. It's a lot, right? It's too many for Syracuse. I'm sorry, yeah. I'll go with Wake. Even though I do believe in the Syracuse resurgence, or I'm not. It's not a resurgence. I, it's my team. I still barely believe in with one last straw in the ocean. <laughs> Trying to create take... a snorkel out of one straw. <laughs> I'm going to take Syracuse. This situation, yeah. I okay. think they get it. All I right. think they get up there. Yeah, I also like Syracuse. I can't believe I picked Wake Forest. All right, let's do a couple big games outside the ACC. Just, Please, let's. Just to get outside. Purdue at Michigan State. Pur- this is on Saturday. Michigan State are two-point favorites. Yeah, I like Michigan State. I think they're playing better. I think, you know, freaking Dan Dakich, man. Oh, he just Come can't, on, Guthrie. Tag him. Tag team wrestling. Up. He get can't him. let up. He throws in another comment about Miles Bridges not having game during the broadcast last oh, does week. Does he really? Yeah, he just, he just twisted it in, and then every single – play that Bridges made after that, you know, it was just kind of like a, huh, you see? You see what I mean? You see what I mean? You know, it's just I, I don't understand why he, he said you why he can't just or... call the game. Like why I don't have to hear Dan Dakich's opinion on anything, really anything except for the game that's currently happening. I don't need to know about how he feels about overall prospects and things. I, I just I just don't like the guy. 
I don't like the guy. Oh yeah. If I see him, we should call him. We should have him as a guest on the podcast. Like yeah. <laughs> this yeah. would be fun. We can call him. I'll just tell him we don't like him, and then we can hang up the phone. I don't like his attitude. <laughs> Let's do tag team wrestling. I'm with you guys. Is it now. because we have his three. Son Taylor? Is it? Taylor probably loves. I love. I love that guy. Is it because his son is a Big Ten guy and he's been on other Big Ten teams? Is that is that like what it is? Is that like what he's in? Is he now like dislike? It's his other job Big to Ten get players? a reaction from people. Yeah. That's, when they that's watch, really like what, yeah. what it boils down to. It doesn't mean I, I dislike him any less. Right, yeah. <laughs> just like, eh. Michigan State. Um, Go Spartans. Is anybody a little bit worried about the Rutgers game? The Which one? For Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, they, they have looked a little shaky. They've looked the... vulnerable. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I don't know if shaky is the right term. Vulnerable. Because they keep winning. They have, what's the longest win streak? Or no. Yeah, they do. The longest win streak in college basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Look. At the I, risk I'll of say, being I'll following. say they have the only guy that can cover Isaac Koss. I think Jalen Jackson can reject Isaac Koss at the rim. I think he'll lock him down. I'm, you've convinced me. I'm on Michigan State. Dude, it's not even going to be close. They're going to blow him out. Wait, you I, said the only guy who can reject Haas Isaac at Haas. the rim? Yeah, buddy. Man, I think he might lead the league in Are you talking about all of college basketball? In all of college basketball. Aren't you forgetting Kunate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who rejects everyone? I yeah, gotcha. he does. He gotcha. does. That's true. That's true. All right, this game, specifically for Mike, mm. on Thursday, February 8th, it's SMU in- at Houston. Oh. I thought you were going to bring up Loyola Chicago. Good game for Tennessee. people to watch. Two tournament teams. It's on ESPN, too. <laughs> um, SMU really needs this, actually. Yeah, they need this Houston, one Houston... Uh, is the five point favorite right now? Yeah, Houston Ugh. was was involved in the game with Cincinnati that it looked like they were going to win last week. Um, you know, I like this Houston team. I think they're going to make the tournament. They're going to be dangerous there. I'm always a little leery of SMU uh, at home. They're at home, right? Um, no, it's, no, it's at, Houston. at Houston. Oh, all right. Well, ah, screw it. Let's take Houston. But who cares about this game? Just find Loyola Chicago, circle it, and bet them everywhere along with uh, Buffalo. So, uh, Greg, <laughs> mention the Shake Milton for SMU. Unlikely to play. Doubtful uh, right now. Mm, Hand mm, injury. Hey, injuries. We've learned something already go. from Greg. Hmm. Houston at home with Shake Milton injured. I'll take Houston. Yeah, I like Houston. All right, let's, let's jump ahead to Saturday really quick. Couple more games we'll pick. Uh, Xavier at Creighton. Creighton, the one point favorite. Nah, I don't believe in Creighton. No, I've watched that team. Yeah, they're no good. Uh, yeah, I'll take Xavier. I'll take Xavier too. That yeah. seems, that seems, seems like a trap too easy line. To be it does. Seems like a trap it does. Line. More talented. Let's mm-hmm. put everything on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good natural Creighton. reaction. Tell us you want Creighton. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Creighton. Is Greg Give McDermott me. still playing? I mean, yeah, as, as a, yeah, you know, in spirit, <laughs> in spirit. You mean I, Doug? Yeah, Doug. Doug was Cre- the Greg's the coach. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. It's, yeah. It's been a while since he's played. It shows that, yeah. All right. Gonzaga ain't St. Mary's. we got to pick this oh. hardcore West Coast game. I don't even know what the line is, but give St. me St. Mary's. St. Mary's minus two. Oh, that's easy. I'll take St. Mary's. I want the mounts. Yeah, me too. They're better this year. Yeah, they won was- They won at. Uh, they won at Gonzaga, right? Yeah, they won pretty handily. Guthrie and I have a have an experience with this rivalry also that dates back three years to this day almost. Mm, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I remember. It's a dark night. Special bonus pick from me uh, after the Duke UNC Special game. Special super, super bonus pick from Taylor. That's right. UNC is going to go to NC State. NC State is going to beat UNC. Again, sweep them. Mark my words. Wow. Just like football. Just, it's happening. 
right. <laughs> That's a nice fade in. I like that. Maybe next episode we'll talk about how I think three teams from Conference USA should make the tournament. <laughs> Oh, really? Which ones? <laughs> Just, no, yeah. I'm serious. I like the Conference USA Degenerates better. It has a better ring tip. Talk um, to me about the Ohio Valley Conference. ODU, great team. Middle Tennessee, a great team. Western Kentucky, baby. Yeah. Western Mike Kentucky. and I watched... ODU is legit. The Anyways. OVAC Network. What OVAC yeah. Digital Network. We pulled it up. Live stream. Of Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. Yeah, Loyola maybe. Chicago. Somebody, I'm kidding these. I Loyola know. Chicago is great. Maybe if you guys would use that time to be good husbands, you could attend Degenerate Day next year. <laughs> no, no, no. For no, more no, than like that's three true. hours. Let's not get carried away. All right. <laughs> We're brought to you by Three Dots Brewery. Taylor, how can people get in touch with the podcast? Uh, please find us on Twitter at ACCVBallDGens or send us a note over email. ACCVBalldegens at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and rate a review. Yeah. You don't have to give us five stars. Taylor, your your pictures are your feet. That's what he's really into. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Rex Ryan, we're on a message board together. (laughs) He likes to light a few candles. (laughs) Light a few candles and take in a bottle of wine on a Wednesday with some feet pictures. (laughs) Just get a pedicure and send me those snaps. (laughs) All right, it's time to eat, right? Oh, yeah. Let's get a burger, man.